0: Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation, football talk for fans by fans, right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me for your uh, your your discussion topics, Mister Derek Jaws, the Wizard of Jaws, in the house. What's going on, my man? How are you?
1: Uh, you are disking. I am cussing. We are discussing all the stuff. I don't even know if that works, but I'm trying it. It works for me. It works for me. I, I, I think I'm concussed. I don't know. I, I'm running concussed, off like concussed, pro whatever. I'm going to swear a lot. It's, it's what we do.
0: <laughs> I'm running on like four hours of sleep. So I totally get it. Um, uh, that's about what I run on every week. So let's, yeah.
1: let's, let's do this.
0: Let's do this thing. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody. Um, the Mountain Dew. <laughs> regular season is all finished up. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, so we got some like lists today, too. And uh, I'm pretty stoked about doing that. Let's let's hop into it. Week 18, our takeaways. Um, Josh let's start off with you.
1: Well, first and foremost, more football is never a bad thing. Uh, the longest season to date, everyone had an extra game. There was an extra week tacked on and it did not disappoint. There were only a few games this week that really didn't matter. Um, and even like if it, like, I think they're only like two or three total that it didn't matter for either team. It was fun watching like the Cowboys go out and wax the Eagles second stringers like the Eagles were like we're not going anywhere. We're in the playoffs, but we're not really, you know, up or down. So whatever, we're going to run our second string out there and you're not going to get a real feel for us at this point at all. We'll see you in a week or you know <laughs> whatever it may be. And, I mean, 51 to 28 or whatever it was, that was crazy. That was wild. Um, You know, seeing how Joe Burrow basically tagged – I mean, he he sent Kyle Allen a text saying, Tag, you're in, to let him know that he was starting on Sunday. Yeah. That scares me. The Bengals scare me. They could have finished higher in the standings, and they went, we don't care who we play. We're here. What we do – we could finish seventh or, or we could finish fourth or third, or I, I think there was some weird scenario that could have finished second. And it, like we could play anybody on the bottom five, six, seven, eight, or nine or 10, or I think like the, the Ravens were somehow 12th, but had a shot or something stupid. And they basically said, we don't care. We're going to like, we're not going to get anybody hurt. Cause like, it, it doesn't matter if we get a favorable matchup. If Joe Burrow's leg is broke. Right. Or Joe Mixon has a concussion or like um, Jamar Chase played, but he was on a very limited snap count. Like they basically said, we don't care. Bring it. That scares me. That, that attitude scares the shit out of me. It, it's, it could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. I know they did get ravaged by COVID this week,
0: but, you know, they did beat one of the top teams in the AFC a couple of weeks ago in Kansas City. Sure. Uh, you know, which is a, it's got to feel good. It's, it's definitely got to feel good. They get a, you know, that week for the most of those guys to rest. I, I think a couple of the offensive linemen, defensive players, and I definitely know that Joe Mixon was out with COVID, Um, you know, get a little, a, a mini buy in a sense before, as the, before yeah. they had into this playoff stretch. And, you know, since he's definitely one of the most, I think, exciting teams right now, very, I mean, this is a very, we're going to talk about it later. There's a very, very good quarterback play in this in this 2021 postseason. Very, very good. And since he is one of those teams that's scary. Could be ended up, you know. I believe they could at least win one playoff game. Uh, maybe make a run. Who knows? Yeah. But at least one playoff victory. Uh, you know, for the first time since the, the the very early 90s. So definitely excited for the Bengals. That it, it is a very scary mentality.
1: Uh, where they're sitting at. Um, didn't mean to cut you off though. What else? You got? Oh, you're good. I mean, that's that. I mean that that's exactly what that is. Uh, inconsistency this year across the board. Made and bra- made and broke some teams. Uh, I apologize that that inconsistency. Nah, really. It's... I mean, really broke the uh, the Colts. They they lost probably two or three games early that they. I think they should have won. Hmm. Um. I mean they they had big leads in two or three games that they lost. Yeah. Oh yes, they did. You know, and then you come out and you probably one of the bigger instances of crapping the bed in a, in a month. like, I mean, it, it, that, that couldn't have been an easier win and in game. If you're any team, that's not the Colts that needed the Colts to lose. And you went, ah, oh, why do they got it? Like, why couldn't they be playing the Titans this week? Like yeah. you pretty much thought it was over and then it wasn't. And then, The NFL in its amazing parody by by creating this idea that every single game the last week of the season is a divisional matchup was huge because it made games matter. You know, week 17, now week 18 used to just be kind of a crap fest where five teams, maybe total, were playing hard. And, you know, you'd have the the Bills who are fighting for a a wild card spot, playing the the backups from the Steelers and losing to Byron Leftwich somehow. Uh,
0: Yeah, good times
1: right i mean like that you'd have those games and like uh, this time if again it felt like every single game almost mattered in some way shape or form and then you you put the one game that it was it was a showdown one of these teams had to win and the one who did was going was going dancing and the way things played out they could have tied and both went dancing and it made for one of the most amazing amazing ends to a season i've ever seen You could have kneeled the game out, zero-zero, shake hands, let's try to meet the AFC championship and settle it for real. Probably wasn't going to happen, but it could have. And they played a slobber knocker, an absolute brouhaha of a football game, and went to overtime, and then kicked a field goal, and then kicked a field goal, and looked like it was over. It looked like it was done. And then the worst timeout ever called in the history of timeouts. Yeah. I I have I've tried to look at this every which way I don't know if there's a single solitary way shape or form that the timeout being called there by the chargers makes any sense at all analytics baby Uh, like but it, it literally makes zero sense and then you come out with the absolute worst explanation for it ever. Oh, I wanted to get my best run defense out there. First off, you'd been stopping the run. Second, they were in a passing formation when you called that timeout. You put your best run defense out there and they came out with a heavier package and stuffed it down your throat for 12 yards. Yeah. None of the, none of this looks good. And then there's obviously the you know the, the video Austin Eckler talking to one of the Raiders, and he's like, he says something and like Eckler's eyes roll back in his head, and he like throws his head like, Are you kidding me? Like Derek Carr, like, yeah, the timeout changed what we were going to do. Oh, we were always going to try to win, but it definitely changed what we were going to do. What? (laughs) Yeah. Rich, Rich Pisakia comes out and goes, I mean, we definitely talked about it from like the four minute mark on of what we were going to do if we got in that position. Like this was on everyone's head, apparently aside from Brandon Staley.
0: Yeah, I was really, he was having a really good like first half of the season. And I, he just lost me like really good, quotable press conference stuff. And then i um, just, just some of the decisions I've I seen for him this year. Um, I was just like, whoa, what? Like, yeah, you were literally 30 seconds away from going to the postseason.
1: Yeah. All, all you had to do was just stand there, just stand there, just hang out. Like maybe, I don't know, go play catch on the sideline with somebody. Go kick into the field goal. Like, just don't watch the game. Just don't be there. Don't do what you did, and you're good. Do nothing. Literally do nothing. And the best part about this is that timeout not only cost him and the Chargers. It not only broke the hearts of the 19 LA Charger fans that live in LA, but it saved Las Vegas, not not the Raiders of Las Vegas, the sports books of Las Vegas, over a billion dollars in payouts because teams or betters found a way to parlay a, the Colt's loss into this the tie with a spread to pay out on a hundred dollar bet on that like the way they did it would have paid out over two hundred thirty thousand dollars for a hundred dollar bet and you know the people that are doing that crap are not betting a hundred bucks right those they're are dudes like, i'll put more. 50, I'll, I'll put 50 grand on that I'll put 10 grand on that <laughs> okay. <laughs> it really oh, makes yeah. you
0: wonder, though. It really makes you want it, doesn't it? Like oh, God, the it fixation does, of football, right? It, everybody's joking about it, uh, you know, the Colts losing, Raiders, Chargers ending in a tie, and they're tied into overtime with 30 seconds left or wherever it was. Definitely makes you wonder. It but um, yeah, what an exciting time. They're like, oh, people, everybody thought, thinks that they got like, 200 something plus grand
1: coming their way and, and it just did not happen. <laughs> gotcha bitches. Uh, Timeout. What? Why? <laughs> like, which is funny cuz I don't I didn't have money on it, but that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Timeout. Ch- Charger? What? Why? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: But um, yeah, so some my my takeaways we, we kind of discussed some of them. Uh you know, I've I've ranted and raved about the Colts plenty this week. I, I don't have any more of it in me to do so. Um big changes need to happen in Indianapolis, that's the thing. And uh Carson Wentz ain't my quarterback. Um other than that. Uh
1: to be fair, I don't think Carson Wentz should be anyone's quarterback.
0: Not anymore. No. He should, like and I went up and down with him all year. You know, he did good. I was excited for him. Did bad. Ooh, you know, kind of one of those deals. Kind of one of those deals. Other than that, yeah, not too many takeaways uh from this. The Bills and Jets game was really close for most of the game. I was a little surprised about that. Um and
1: it, it yeah. was good to see the the Jets defense play well. They did, they did a pretty good just, job. They just couldn't hold I, on I, anymore. I, I didn't want it to be a, a rollover and die game. You know, I, I want to be tested in that week. I want to, as a team going in, I want a team to stand up and fight me, not just roll over and like, well, we're the fourth in the division. We're fourth from the bottom of the league. Here you go. No, I don't want that. I want you to stay and you know, I want you to fight me tooth and nail and make me earn it because you know what? I'm going to have to earn it from here on out. Right.
0: Oh, my last takeaway, Joe Judge's steaming hot pile of fucking garbage he is, so so he is a terrible head coach. He's so good. He's a terrible head coach. Why? Everybody this wants a, to play in New York. This is a transition question. Why isn't he fired? I don't know why. Who? <laughs> the meme is like perfect, and I, I, I can't believe this actually happened, but who runs a quarterback sneak on third and nine in your own end zone? <laughs> with, with Jake
1: Fromm. <laughs> you had the insurance policy come on man that's an easy one jake from state farm insurance policy he's got you got you covered i i don't get it man i maybe the wrist, maybe the, wrist the, the the play call wristband was messed up maybe it was supposed to be the <laughs> third nine play and it just somebody messed up the spreadsheet and it was the wrong call and he's looking at it going like well our spreadsheets guy's getting fired today did you change it, it to wumbo <laughs> like upside down spongebob like uh but i mean like here here's a dude who's just going around telling everybody everybody and their brother wants to play for the giants people who are here want to stay people who left and are getting paid more want to come back like why why would they want to come i said it last week why would they want to come back right
0: oh yeah 100 percent, man 100 it hurts my oh, brain um is, he said is, he had yeah, some God. disparaging comments about washington too so i was glad that uh, Washington kind of walked away with a the victory there and kind of punched him in the mouth. But yeah, Joe Judge, he ain't it,
1: dude. He's terrible. Question for you. Is Joe Judge equal to or greater than the Washington football stadium? Which one's a bigger trash heap? Um, You're welcome. This is a tough question. This is a very good question. <laughs> we should ask uh, our boy this, our uh, our buddy who's the Washington fan. Was that Walker? Uh, Walker? I don't know. It. it I, I might say that it's
0: it's probably pretty even. I would I would probably agree. It's probably pretty even. I mean, Jalen hurts almost died. A bunch of a bunch of you know, uh, ACL tears. Literally human feces leaking on fans. Right. And then Joe Judge calling quarterback sneak in in his own like. Six yard line, <laughs> unbelievable. But that is it the works, transition. It works right. in Madden. It, yeah, it does. <laughs> it works in Madden. It does only sometimes. Uh, but that is our transition because uh Black Monday came and went, and my oh my, uh, were there a lot of uh, a lot more firings? Remember, just a couple of weeks ago, we're like, eh, these are the Look, teams that are going to be out of head coach, right? We maybe we knew too. that the Jags, we knew that Matt Nagy was going, and. uh Oh Christ, who else was there? Raiders. The Raiders. Jags, Raiders, Bears. Uh, we have six or seven head coach openings after after Monday. All right. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy Wild. how it uh, all unfolded. Uh we talked about it yesterday myself and Brian Finch. And I, I think everybody kind of knows at this point who's been released and um and and you know who who hasn't who's, who's kept their job for some unlikely reason. I am incredibly disappointed in the Miami Dolphins organization right now. I think that was the most uh, I, I, disgusting head coach firing I have probably ever seen. There's been some doozies. All right, okay, there's okay, maybe not the most disgusting. It was pretty damn bad though. All right yeah. it, there's 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 been some bad ones in in NFL history but uh that one might be it, it it's pretty dang close all right Miami you get a a coach who's given you two straight winning seasons for the first time in uh, right is the mid 2000s i heard or something yeah it's been a while it's been a while the culture is changing down in Miami. Right. I know that the bills kind of whooped up on them and everybody has their opinions of the dolphin, but this is a team that's really taken a, 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 a turn. You know, they dealt with injuries with Tua, and, and, you know, they, they lost the last seven win seven, uh, to finish, you know, to finish out the season, they finished nine and eight. And, and you know what I mean? It was absolutely, uh, I was like really happy for Miami. I'm like, Oh, wow. Brian Flores is he's good. He's golden when I heard that Sunday night that Brian Flores might be out of a job, I was like, and there was a small percentage. I was like, that doesn't even make any sense to me. Like that's gotta be like, that's gotta be that, that good old, the good old phrase, fake news. There's no way in hell that Miami right. would dare get rid of Brian Flores after what he's done for that program. He's stern. He's a tough disciplinarian coach. He has, he's in my opinion, I think he's been the best Belichick disciple so far to, to kind of go one of the best, at least um, to kind of go off and do his own thing and be relatively successful. I know it hasn't translated to playoff appearances yet or an AFC East title, but Miami was definitely, definitely not just, you know, not the joke. It was under the get Adam Gase era or some of these other coaches uh, over the last decade. They were establishing a really good culture. Um, I'm really upset with Miami. Like, it's not my favorite team by any means. It, it, there's a lot of people who just don't understand it. If anything, their GM Greer should be gone for some of the 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 bad draft picks and in, in you know free agent signings and trades that he's made over the last couple of years underneath this Flores regime. You know, with Flores as head coach, I, I I'm 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 pretty disgusted. Everybody else, understandable, right? We all knew Nagy was going. Um I think Zimmer was a little bit of a surprise, but I kind of it felt like the time was right. Um Vic Fangio, I understood. That's you know, that wasn't too crazy. Um I'm trying to think who else did we I think that was pretty much it for Black Monday. I could be missing one. Uh
1: there were a couple GMs mixed in there, and Yeah, I think that's what's I mean, throwing me off. I I think I think Zimmer and Spielman getting getting chopped is surprising because I think I I mean Spielman put a good team out there. Yeah, one of the best running backs in the game, two of the best like the best two of I mean really a one of the best receiving tandems in the game. Justin Jefferson I think has worked his way into a top five conversation as, as like alone. Yeah, I mean you you haven't put a bad product out there so. I understand Zimmer, I guess, because for underperforming with that roster. But uh, I don't know if Spielman was the problem. And I also heard now that uh, part of the reason that Flores got let go is because him and the. Um, I just see you put it in the group chats. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I like f- part of the reason that Flores got let go is because him and the GM in Miami couldn't get along. You know, right. It was. It came out that Flores wanted Herbert, and GM said, "Nope, two is the dude." And you know, the d- just a lot of it. You know, a lot of a lot of what was going on there was just disagreements between the two. So they let Flores go, uh, and I think Fangio's. He's. It, it wasn't shocking, but it also, I mean, a little bit surprising. You know, you, you didn't. Put yeah. him, you didn't put him in a good spot to win. You, you had a good defense there. I mean, that defense shut shut down some good offenses this year. Your offense was the problem, and part of that was offense you know, is terrible. Like I mean, who who Teddy, is you, yeah, who's getting him these quarterbacks?
0: He's had three different like like going into the season, three different starting quarterbacks over the last couple of years. Yeah, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater, and, Teddy
1: and the, one of the biggest problems is you couldn't protect any of them well enough for them to be effective. Right. You know, Ted, Teddy B had a decent year last year with Carolina. I mean, statistically, he wasn't awful. But, I mean, Drew Locke's not it. Joe Flacco, no longer elite. Hey, man, Russia. once
0: you're elite, you're always elite. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like yo, fire the dude who hired him. <laughs> right. I think it was Elway. Get rid of Elway. <laughs> I, yeah, honestly. fire like, the owner. I, 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 <laughs> no, I, I I like, in all seriousness, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, there was reports that David Cawley was going to get fired in Houston. I'm like, are you serious right now? He did, he did all that. He did pretty damn good for what you gave him and what he had to coach. This team that was filled with a bunch of, you know, nickel and dime players on one and two year contracts just to, just to kind of offset the salary cap damage that Bill O'Brien left the team with. Um, (laughs) and you were going to fall, you're going to, you're going to get rid of David Callie. He survived so far. And I think deservedly so. I think the players really, like admire him and play up
1: for him um I mean, I mean davis mills just took took the titans to the brink with a team that looked like the patriots of seven years ago rex burkhead toting the rock danny Amendola going for <laughs> and a half and two scores like i well, what am i watching am i watching like the the year brady almost won another super bowl in new england nope this is the davis mills texans also david mill hot take hot take here spicy one davis mills greater than Mac Jones, Davis mills, best rookie quarterback in this draft. I want to say yes. I think
0: if you put real talent around him, I think he's going to be special. I think I think he can if you be. put him
1: on the Patriots. The Patriots take the AFC East this year. That's interesting. That I is mean, interesting. Mac, Mac Jones is captain Checkdown. out. Uh, I've seen him sling it downfield a little bit. I think mean, he, he has the fewest air yards.
0: I think Davis any
1: qualifying quarterback.
0: I think Davis it, I think I Davis, based on what I have seen this year, I would say that Davis is number two.
1: I say that because of what Davis is. I mean, and we actually looked up the stats earlier when uh Austin and I talked about this actually specifically on uh hat stats and stats. And we pulled up their their stats, and their stats are eerily similar. Right. And I mean you have eerily similar stats and you're on a trash team. I will take you on a good team any day of the week. <laughs> I, I do. I, I like Davis Mose a lot.
0: That was a, probably a really nice steal, um, you know, for Houston could be, it definitely could be. He played up. And like I said, like, I think it, I, we mentioned it like a week or two ago, Houston finished with the same amount of wins that they had with the Sean Watson last year with a much worse team. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty crazy, but Yeah, overall, just disappointed in the Brian Flores news. That's probably my biggest shocker, and I would take him any day, all right? Head coach, as a coordinator, I would take him in Indy any day. I really, truly, I I truly would. I think Flores has that, that tough edge, just hasn't had that roster that, you know, that fully fits his image of what a
1: football team should look like. So I'll tell you what, if Leslie, if Leslie, yeah, if Leslie Frazier goes and gets a head coaching job, I will take Brian Flores as my defensive coordinator in Buffalo every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. every day of the
0: week. Absolutely. Flores is he's incredible. What do you know? Some of the stuff he did with the the, the Patriots defense a couple of years ago. Um, I think he was post Matt Patricia. I think he f- succeeded Matt Patricia. Um, but he was damn good. he was really, really good. He, yeah, or he, I th- no, he was around during the Patricia era, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, pretty disappointed with Flores. Uh, what about on your end? Was there
1: any, you know, major surprises outside of him? No, Flores was the big one. And, and I, you love to see an inept organization doing inept organization things when they're in your division. I mean, this is, this couldn't get any better. I
0: know. I just seen that because they beat the cult, because he beat the, uh, um, because he beat the Colts as bad as he did, they're gonna like they're interviewing that Daryl Bevel or whatever the heck his name is, the yep. interim head coach for Jacksonville. They're interviewing him to be the new head coach. <laughs> Please sign him. He was a flop in I think Oakland a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, almost a I've, decade they, ago. They also requested uh Brian Dable. And I'm like, Brian Dable's not going. Like, first off, you know like, you can request it. I'm I'm hoping the Bills are like, no. <laughs> I mean, cause I like, like your, your offensive coordinator going in division to be a head coach, that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same token, like, I really think he would look at that and be like, wait, you got rid of the last guy because he didn't get along with the GM. Like there's nothing here telling me the GM is going to come in and be like, Hey man, what do you want to do? Let's do it. Like, <laughs> I'm probably not going there. I would consider this if you, if you got rid of that dude too. But I'm not coming in and being micromanaged by some asshole who is going to tell me how I need to run the team, and when I'm the one running the team a certain way. Correct. Like your your job is to get me the players I need, not to do whatever the fuck you want and hope I can make it work. Wholeheart. I wholeheartedly
0: agree. Yeah, that's that's going to be one that, uh, you know, somebody's going to take it because of money, the the ability to be a head coach and say that they were head coach in the NFL. But man, I would not be like. Okay. I'm kind of desperate. I'm me personally desperate for head coach money in the NFL, but if I had options elsewhere, I could stay comfortably as a coordinator where I'm at. I would not go to Miami right now. That's a, what a, what a shit show.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole after what just happened. No, sir. I have, I have no confidence that you're going to a, give me the team I need to succeed and b provide me with the support I want with like, Hey, this is what I want to do. This is the type of, this is the type of player I need. This is the offense I want to run. Don't care. Oh, great. Thanks for bringing me here. <laughs> awesome. Terrific. What's yeah. Bill? What's Bill O'Brien doing? Let's put those two in the same room. Oh God. Um, gross. Absolutely <laughs> gross. <laughs> Let's move on.
0: <laughs> All right. So the next three questions are playoff related. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, our wonderful listeners Playoff related, what I want to do today um, with this, we obviously the playoffs are a, a big thing. Everybody's excited. Playoff football is one of the best and saddest times of the year because, man, the playoffs really mean something. There's nothing, you know, playoffs make or break careers. But also knowing that a little more than half the NFL is, you know, is done playing football for the season until, you know, things are kicking again in August as far as games go and realize that the season's almost over. It's, it's a, it's one of those mixed emotion type years, but that's the pride of this type of football, this time of year. What I want to do with jazz is we're going to go through for discussion topic. Number three, myself and, uh, and him, him and myself, let me use proper English. Part of my Niagara falls, high school education. You don't uh, even talk good. <laughs> we're going to go through for discussion. topic Number three, we're going to rank from, uh, worst to first, our, uh, our NFL playoff team rankings. So, uh, so what we'll do, Jazz, is uh, we'll do four, you know fourteen. You and I will say who we think thirteen, so on and so forth. All right. Yes, sir. All right. So let's start off with your number fourteen team uh, for the the uh,
1: the twenty twenty one NFL postseason. So I I did these in rank of A overall talent and B how you're playing currently. Okay, just just to put that out there, like. Uh, that, that is, that's what went through my head when I made this list. So like there's teams that you're like maybe a little bit lower because they're not playing well currently, even despite the fact that they have a talented roster, just, just to throw that out there. That's good. Uh, yeah. Number, number 14 for me is the Eagles. They are easily the worst team in the playoffs in my opinion. A hundred percent. I'm same boat. They've beaten a lot of bad
0: teams to kind of get there. I am happy for them. Don't, don't take, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that they actually made the post season. I, uh, I retract what I said several weeks ago about the Colts winning the, uh, the trade. It was a, after the Arizona game. I was a little uppity. Um, <laughs> sorry, the Eagles have won the trade post-season elevating their team, but yes, they are the, they are probably the worst team. Um, not a good, not a very depthy, uh, NFC roster this year or Ooh. NFC, Dep- NFC Dep- conference. I, like I love that word. Depthy. I don't know if it's a real word, yeah, but yeah, 14 uh, Philadelphia. Who do you have a number 13?
1: Uh, number 13 for me is the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Mostly Same. they just, I mean, you, you can't discount Tomlin. You can't discount, I mean, that whole, like there's a lot of dudes. Uh, there's a couple of main dudes there, Tomlin and Roethlisberger specifically, that have been there. They've done it. They've seen it. But uh, I don't, I don't think that's enough. And that that defense is good and can be good, but it's not the vaunted steel curtain defense of yesteryear or the more recent versions of the last decade either.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat with, with Pittsburgh at thirteen. Uh very, very happy for that Big Ben gets to kind of ride out with an opportunity in the postseason, you know. Um uh and a huge, you know, credit to to Tomlin, who's been you know, uh again, right, fifteen consecutive seasons with a with no losing record, it's that's that's pretty stellar. Um they're just yeah, they're just a hair, literally a a hair above Philadelphia. Yeah. They're winning with defense and a stellar ground game. That's 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 what it is. Najee's having a fantastic year. Um what Big Ben lacks and physicality as being a quarterback, he has the cerebralness. Um uh, you know, it, he's his, his cadence as a quarterback is is is, is pretty damn good um, but he lacks the physical prowess a little bit but yeah i'm comfortable with them at
1: 13. uh number number 12 number 12 for me is the Raiders uh they that defensive front and f- splashy offense i like to call it where sometimes they look like absolute world beaters and other times they look inept as all hell i don't think it's gonna be enough to get them very far i mean they they squeezed by. An overtime win, which should have been an overtime tie to get into the playoffs. And the Raiders, to me, just there's just not enough there. And with I mean, it's a great story with all the turmoil, you know, the head coaching change after, you know, the email scandal and whatever the hell happened with that. And then was it Henry Ruggs? And then four other players get arrested for different stupid things and all kinds of great. It's a great story. It really, really is a fantastic, fantastic story but I don't think that story gets told much further than this week because I just don't think they have enough to match up really with anyone in the playoffs above them.
0: Probably not. Probably not. This is our first difference though. And we're probably not, we might not be too far off. Number 12 is where I have new England. Um, Number 12 is where I have new England. I've loved seeing, you know, the Patriots kind of rebound this year. You get a rookie quarterback and you you take it straight to the playoffs. That's a huge huge confidence booster as far as Mac Jones development going forward, especially with some of the roster, you know, that's, that, that's, that that's in new England. It's not very stellar at all. Um, I'm concerned about new England because they're going into the postseason cold. They've lost three of their last four. The only game being a 50 to 19 victory over Jacksonville over the last month, they've lost to Indianapolis, Buffalo, And then they lost to Miami in week uh, in in week 18. They are playing Buffalo this weekend. um, And uh, it's it's not it's it's never a good way to go into the postseason is is with a loss um, as as well as 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 many losses as they did um, get. I think they could they, you know, could they beat Buffalo? Possibly. Not maybe not with the way that Buffalo's playing right now, but um, but yeah, I'm gonna keep
1: them at 12. So the Patriots, I'm gonna stem this right in, they're number 11 on my list. Yeah, I got uh, Raiders at 11. So, and a lot of that is, uh, they're above the Raiders for me solely because of the Bill Belichick factor. Uh, having a coach who's been there and had the amount of success that he's had with just how good he's been in the past, and I mean, he's got him, he's got him playing well for the most part of the season. But I mean, and there they are. They are I mean, there, and there's probably two or three teams on this list that are just limping into the playoffs. You know, the the Patriots went on a little bit of a tear. They were world beaters. They were going to win the AFC East. And then they weren't. And, and I mean, in pretty immaculate fashion, went from, oh my God, it's the Patriots division again to well, they're lucky they went on that midseason tear, because if they didn't, they might be on the outside looking in. Because I they're they're just not. They play. Pretty solid defense, and they can run the football. The problem is when they don't, they don't win. Right. Even when they play good defense. And barring a a 50-mile-an-hour gale-force tornado hurricane earthquake thing that we went through in Monday Night Football, being the gigantic equalizer, I don't think the Patriots can hang with the Bills in this game. All right.
0: Yeah. As I said, I I got the Raiders at 11, pretty much for the same reason that you said. And they're a very fun story, but what a tough outing for your, for your first matchup. It's going yeah, against really. uh, Cincinnati. So,
1: all right, what do you got for number 10? Number 10 for me is the Cardinals, uh, another team limping to the end here. At one point, they were world beaters, and now they are pedestrian as all hell. They, you know, and, and maybe getting, I, I, and I don't know if D-Hop is coming, is coming back or can be back in the playoffs. I know he. They, it's rumor they, that he can't be. Right. And it's just a matter of whether or not he will. I know he went out for the rest of the regular season. I think it was kind of a, we're going to make the playoffs. So get healthy for the run. The problem is they don't look good for the run. And I mean, I posted a couple of weeks ago, the, and we talked <gasps> about it. But, Joe judge got fired. Oh my God. Live and in living color. Thank God. That is cr- sorry to interrupt you. Oh, you're good. That's big news. That's huge news. Big news. Beautiful. Both Alicia. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, the Cardinals just, just limping to the end. They they don't look like the world beaters they started out as. And uh, another tough matchup with the Rams coming up. And I don't know. That, that game could be an absolute slugfest offensively, a slugfest defensively, a blowout on either side, or just awful across the board. And I, I I don't know how to feel about it honestly,
0: yeah, that's fair. I actually have Arizona in the same spot as well for the reason they, they're another team who's going in pretty uh pretty dang cold, right they they've fallen off huge they're, they're literally in the postseason uh they had another back half slide that's basically what happened they they're they're in the postseason because um because of what they did in the first half. Yeah. Right. They've won. What are they? Nine, nine,
1: or ten wins they have. I think they went ten and zero, and then are two and eight since then, or something, or whatever the hell that the math works out to be. Yeah. It's it's not great. Two and six. Um. Yeah. If they don't get D Hop back,
0: man, they're they It's it's a quick bounce. It's it's a quick bounce for them. Um.
1: Let's see. Dang. That's this is crazy. Sorry. No, you're, you're good. You listen, I, I wholeheartedly understand. But um, yeah, 10, I got
0: Arizona. What do you got for number nine?
1: uh, Number nine, I got the 49ers. I like the Niners. I liked them at the beginning of the year. I picked them to win their division. They obviously did not, but uh, I, they've been playing well. They figured out a, a pretty, pretty fun offense. They figured out how to put Debo Samuel in every position possible on the field to do well. And you know, like they joke around with Atlanta with Cordell Patterson being the uh, the Swiss Army knife, and I think Debo Samuel's more so that Debo's good. You know, and he, and, he, and like and the like the cool part is is he can hit the home run from anywhere, lined up as a receiver, lined up in the backfield. He threw a touchdown last week. He doesn't care. Put him on the field. He's going to get you some tutties, and that's just what it is. Um, do I think this team is built to last? I mean, defense and running game usually plays in the playoffs. I just don't know if they match with, again, with what's ahead of them in the postseason.
0: I think they could upset people. I have Sam Fred here as well. I think they could upset people. Jimmy G is very inconsistent. He played a hell of a game against the Rams in week 18, uh, which, you know, could have saved his tenure. I think this postseason is very important for for Jimmy G and his future with this organization. I think so, too. But uh yeah, I I they're they're very good on defense. I I think. Well, I mean they got a Bosa, so they're they're pretty dang good. Offensively, they're fun. they, um, they lost a little bit of their fun factor throughout. I mean, it's injuries and, and all that, you know, that that's definitely hasn't helped them. But um Sanford, who do they have the first round? They are playing, they're visiting the Cowboys. Visiting the Cowboys. That <sighs> That's a tough one. I we're making our picks tomorrow's episode. But um Yeah, that's a toughie. I agree. But um yeah, yeah San Fran that, at that's, nine.
1: That's a pretty, pretty decent coin flip for me. I'd say so. Yeah, I'm gonna go San Fran at nine. Uh what do we got for number eight? Number eight for me, uh, and this is might be one of the first ones that people look at and go, what? Because they're a one seed? The Titans. Um, I mean they I think they've without Derrick Henry, they've gotten a little lucky playing. Not the best teams. Um, you know, they they played the Patriots without Derrick Henry and, and lost. I mean, this I they're not going to be able to get away with that. And I obviously Derrick Henry's coming back. But as we saw with, you know, with Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson was supposed to be out six to eight weeks. He came back in four and he looked like absolute just bird shit for three weeks, maybe even four. Uh, Henry's coming back. Now, Henry's a freak. He's huge. Uh he's coming back a little earlier than they expected him to. Is that foot gonna be hundred percent? Is he gonna be able to run with the same ferocity? Is he gonna be able to plant and punch people in the face and run them over? I don't know. Right. And if you can put the game in Ryan Tannehill's hands, you have a shot to win. Yeah. They also I'm, haven't played they also haven't played with Henry since week eight. So, you know, they they've if they kind of got a little groove going doing one thing, now your whole scheme changes with this dude coming back because it has to.
0: I think it makes him scared. I mean, it, it's Part of me. I think it's almost scarier with the idea of Henry comeback because that Deontay Foreman dude has been really damn good yeah. uh, with them. But I do have Tennessee coming up very soon. Number eight, I have the Rams. They're another team who got real cold for me. Uh, Stafford has had like a really not awful like last couple weeks, like multiple interception games, very Detroit Lionsy of him, <laughs> so to speak. They literally lost and still won the NFC West. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean that was because Seattle beat Arizona, of course, but um but the Rams, like uh, they were a first half wonder. And the second half they I feel like they've been holding on by a thread a little bit. So I I could they win a playoff? Oh, they'll probably win a playoff game. They're the four seed. They play uh um, yeah, they play the cards they play the cards, So that's that should be a good one, but I think the cards have had their number this year.
1: Uh they're one and one. The, they're, they're split, so, so. Yeah, they they dominated each other. Uh the first game the Rams felt like it, it was it was a closer game. I think both games were fairly tight, but it was like the that tight game that wasn't as close as the score dictated. Right. And uh the Rams lost the first one during that 10 game winning streak. Mm, that's right. And the Rams came out and, and got their revenge on the on game two. That's right. That help, that's what helped them put them over. So
0: um, but
1: yeah, I got the Rams at number eight. Uh number seven for me is the Cowboys. When the Cowboys click, they are scary. They are very good. Um I think the Cowboys, and we said they're playing the Niners, I think the Cowboys win hinges on their defense taking the ball away. You know that that offense is hit and miss. It it should be high powered. They should throw for 500 yards, run for 200 yards, and score 50 every game. And somehow they don't. Uh, the offense being the, the the downfall of that team is is shocking to me. But that's kind of been the case. the uh, The other side of it is that defense does give up a lot if they don't take the ball away. You know the they've given up one of the most like yardage wise. They're one of the worst defenses in the league now yards don't win football games but the more yards you get the closer you get to the end zone so at some point that's going to translate to some kind of points and unless they're taking the football away i don't know i just don't know i i don't think they can keep up that take the like that turnover pace that they were on and i think it's going to hurt them
0: for sure yeah that point differential has been a lot against a lot of like the, the point turnover that's all been against a, a lot of bad teams right. so Uh, This is seven is where I have Tennessee. I I guess I gave a little bit, just a little bit, a teeny little bit more credit. Um, Yeah, they have issues with, uh, I mean, I'm worried about Tannehill. He's taking, he's regressed a little bit this year. Had some, you know, at least the eye test. Um, But man, if they get Derrick Henry back, I know it's still early, but uh, these defense has still got to commit to him. Whether he's, he is Derrick Henry of old or one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, uh, Derrick Henry. These defenses still got to commit to him. Absolutely. And you know, I think that I actually think that the benefit that Tennessee has had this 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 back half without him is that they made Deontay Foreman. Um, teams weren't ready to commit to Deontay Foreman like the same way that they did Derrick Henry, and the Titans made him pay for it. Yep. So that makes me a, a lot more concerned. Uh, about what Tennessee has to offer. So, um, you know, th- this year I, they, that buy was, was clutch and, and, you know, yeah, that, that that was, that was clutch. They definitely needed that to kind of rest and recuperate, but Tennessee at seven
1: for me. Uh, number six is where I have the Rams. I, I think on paper, the Rams are a very good football team. Uh, they have a coach who's kind of been there and I can never count that defense out, and this offense has the ability, much like the Cowboys. I, to me, they're they're Cowboys ish, with less of a running game and a better defense, which is I think that better defense is what gives them the edge over the Cowboys on my list, and a little bit of the coaching experience, we'll say, of McVay having been there before.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rams are frequent visitors. This is a big test for the Rams. Like you traded, not that you guys, they, they care about first round picks or anything, but um, you know, they, they traded Jared Goff to get the answer and Matthew Stafford, right? Matthew Stafford's the chosen one. And this has been a bumpy year. It's, it's been a very, very bumpy year. It hasn't been as I think perfect as people wanted, it, yeah. it as they expected it to be. If they lose, I mean, if they lose in the first or second round, if they don't make an NFC championship at least,
1: Oof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this is another year of a team that sold the farm to win it now. And I mean, they're up against the cap. They're up against, I mean, the draft picks just selling them left and right. And here we go. If, I mean, so what you, and you're playing a divisional game in the wild card? You're playing the Cardinals. If you get bounced by the team you beat out for the division in the first round. Yeah. Like the, the other 27 fans in LA are going to be pissed. (laughs) Most likely, most likely. (laughs) Yeah, that
0: is concerning. Um, That was number six, correct? Yes. This is where I have them boys. This is where I have Dallas at. Uh, They do give up a lot of yards, but that defense, when they are together, when they're healthy is scary. Good. It's scary. Good. One of the more, uh, I think, just deadlier defenses that they have going uh, that, that's going into this postseason, I'm not going to lie. I think as a as a package, it's pretty dang good. And the nice thing about it is, while they do give up a lot of yards, Dak and company can make up for it. Yes. I, I got to give them a lot of credit. Um, very happy for, for Dak Prescott's return this year. They have a ton of weapons. We talked about them in fantasy episodes every single week. And they have, like, eight or nine guys you could start in fantasy any given week. That's a scary team to me. Two solid running backs. Um, you know, a plethora. Three receivers. A three tight yeah, three end, receivers, but... two tight ends. They, they got Blake Derwin yeah. and Dalton Schultz. This is a good and their, squad. And their
1: defense was always a good play because of the turnovers. Absolutely. So, I got Dallas number six. Number five for me is the Bengals, who I think could be the scariest team in in going into this. I mean, they... You know, they're a four seed, but I mean, as far as complete roster goes, they got a running back. They got two really good receivers. They have a young quarterback who can literally do anything you ask them to. Uh, that defense, very quietly, a very good season. And the only reason they're number five is because of lack of experience. And, I, and that's really what it boils down to for me.
0: I agree. I have since he number five as well. Couldn't justify putting them up any higher than uh than I did before, but, man, yeah, you what a fun year. It's been unexpectedly fun year, and I'm excited to see this team mix it up with some some of the better teams in the AFC uh, going forward. So, all right, number four.
1: Uh, number four is my Bills. Uh, it, I mean, how do you not have the four teams that made the championship game last year in the top four? And I have the Bills at number four. Uh, pretty much, they're the best defense. They're the number one defense statistically in the league. That plays a lot for me. Uh, until they get over the hump i mean they they have a tough road ahead realistically uh if everything plays out with with higher seeds winning they got to go to kansas city then to tennessee to get there so that's tough you know that's a tough uh tough road to hoe and i mean you're talking about the chiefs they the chiefs had their number till this year and the the titans always play them tight always yeah. play them tight so yeah it's uh the bill's at four for me and i a lot of it has to do with just their general inconsistency on offense this year.
0: Right. Okay. Very good. Very good. My number four, I'm going to put Tampa Bay right here. And like, honestly, the one through four is relatively interchangeable, in my opinion. But uh, Tampa Bay, they've, you know, there's been a lot a lot a of internal drama with Tampa Bay this year. A lot. Um, injuries galore. This team that we know, everyone's like, oh, we're going to run it back. They signed everybody back, full roster, and they added some pieces, too. Uh, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could really see them winning this, the Lombardi. I mean, I can, but I can't uh, see them winning the, the Lombardi trophy again. But, uh, but yeah, just a lot of internal drama, a lot of questions about the way that the Bucks are run, the A-B thing uh again just so many injuries and, and yeah there there's this is one of the noisiest Tom Brady teams I think I've ever
1: witnessed as far as with with Tom being one of the noisemakers in in, in good ways bit. for him but louder than he's ever been right
0: yeah this is i mean he's been on some patriots teams where media and stuff was a big thing but I mean, you got Antonio Brown out here call just calling Brady out as a human being, as a player. It's like it's it's not good. And I don't know. I know Brady's like a, a honed in, focused in, but yeah, we we'll see. Uh number three.
1: Number three is the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they're the reigning defending AFC champs. I I couldn't not have them in the top three. They've been there. They they know how to get there. They know what it takes to, to to survive. It's going to be interesting to see them have to win three games to get there instead of just two, which has been the case the last couple of years, if memory serves. Yes, and I'm not sold on them. You know they they've beaten a lot of not fantastic teams. Uh, the I mean one of their marquee wins, I believe. Uh, de- I mean their defense isn't still isn't great. You look back, you say, oh well, they. I mean they. The, the Cowboys only scored nine points and the best player on the field was Tony Pollard and nobody else. It was Dak <laughs> right. and Tony against the chiefs. They scored nine points. It's, it, that was a tough game. Dallas was down a lot of players. I'm not sold on the chiefs, but it's hard not to have them in the top three solely based on simple experience of the last two years and what they've done and they're hot coming in.
0: For sure. For sure. I'm going to put them. At, I, I have them at number three as well. Um, it's been an up and down year for, uh, well, the early part of the year, it was a little rough. I still can't believe that they had a losing record at one point. It's still, uh, it's still very hard to picture, right? Um, right. but this team is clicking. They are pretty hot. You know, even though they lost to Cincinnati, it wasn't a bad loss by any means. Um, Casey's good. Casey's Casey's damn good at what they do.
1: So then my number three, number two for me is the bucks. Um, I can never count out Tom Brady. I don't care how beat up this team is. I don't care about the drama. I don't care about any of it. It's Tom Brady. It's still Tom Brady in the playoffs. You know, we've seen this dude time and again, you, you have to play him for 60 minutes. And then some, if, if, as long as there's time left to play, you have to play top notch football or Brady is going to beat you. I hate saying it but it's just a fact at this point it's a fact of life and there's no way around it. So, you know, uh, looking at this, there's no shot that I can't have the bucks in my top two solely based on the Tom Brady factor.
0: I respect it. I respect it. And I, like I said, it, I these are it. all interchangeable. I know so stupid. Tom I have Brady sucks. I have Buffalo at number two. Thank
1: you. You're a good friend. <sighs> you know how much it hurts. Yes. Um, <laughs> Listen, if the Colts were in, I would have them probably near my top four. So just, just, they would
0: not have deserved it. They would have been 14 for me. <laughs> Piles You're, of fan of it, yeah, You're a bad it, fan.
1: How dare, how dare you talk? crap There we go.
0: Yeah. I, I listen, Buffalo is a good team. They, they've, they've another team who's, who's struggled this year with a lot of stuff, finding the rhythm, but they're just too damn talented and you cannot deny talent. That's, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from the Bills' 2021 season. You cannot deny talent. It's loaded with with solid young guys, um, exciting veterans, and you know a, a a pretty damn good coaching staff that's getting looked at for head coaching opportunities in other places that Everyone. want to change their culture. It's a good sign. Uh, it it really truly is. Their defense is good. It's crazy to say that they haven't missed a beat without Trey White. On the defensive side, and God, yeah. offensively, they're getting better. Devin Singletary is finally breaking out. We talked about that. Um, I'm comfortable with Buffalo at two.
1: Devin Singletary is running back one, and I don't care what anybody says. I will fight you about that. <laughs> Physically fight you. I will find you and punch you in the mouth. <laughs> Obviously, number one here is the Packers. Yes, sir. Um, Aaron Rodgers is very, very good. They, their defense, another defense that quietly is having a really good year. And I mean, they're going to be fresh. They're going to be rested. I, I believe Rodgers is thinking about riding off into the sunset with a Super Bowl. And that scares me because when that dude is motivated to do something, there's not much that stops him. So. Packers numero uno going in hard to argue with it. Otherwise best record in football this year and probably deserved of the number one seed overall in the NFL, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Until Aaron Rodgers and the team make the Super Bowl and and Rodgers sits out, of course, don't want to go
1: fantastic. (laughs) I would die. That would be so
0: funny. What a stupid take. (laughs) What a silly take. All right. Uh, We're moving on to uh, discussion topic. Number four. I know that was a mouthful. And uh, we got two more to go. All right. Next up, the head coaches of the playoffs. We could probably uh, get through this one a little bit quickly. Uh, you you
1: got a number 14. Uh, number 14 for me is Nick Sirianni. Uh, going along with the Eagles being the, the worst team in the playoffs, they have the worst head coach in the playoffs, in my opinion. Solely based on, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a ton about Sirianni. I... He's a really good offensive coordinator. Yeah. But I, that doesn't do it for me in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't
0: know. No, I get it. I get it. My 14 is uh, Bisaccia, uh, the Raiders' interim head coach. But I don't mean it as an insult. I do not mean it as an insult in the slightest. I I, I think Basaccia, we talked to last week, I think he deserves the Raiders' head coaching job. This dude has overcome so much this year to get this Raiders team prepped and ready to go a team that had no business being in the playoffs just a month or two ago. And they're in there. They, they earned their way they're the five seat. So good on them. Um, but yeah, Versace for me, probably I know he's long tenured, um, but there's always, yeah, there's always just concern, you know, not really having, been. I know there's other rookie hit. There's another rookie head coach in here, but, um, but yeah, I just, it just feels weird to say that an interim head coach is leading a team end of the postseason for me. It just, it doesn't sound right.
1: And I agree with you. Um Basaki, uh, Basaki is number 13 for me, and I just gave him credit for getting this team through all of the garbage they've been through, and they just seem like that team that's like that could be on borrowed time and they know it. So, I mean, we're not supposed to be here. Our head coach got fired. Our best receiver is in jail. Four other dudes have been arrested since then. There's probably cocaine in the locker room. They're there's probably going to be a betting scandal soon. And Bisacci is just get keeping them on the straight and narrow, keeping them going. I can't even say on the straight and narrow, but just keeping the team moving forward despite what the players on the team are doing. Yeah. And I, I had to give him a little bit of credit on that, just on that, and that alone. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. i I got Siriani here. Same reasons that you said, um, relatively inexperienced as a head coach, and, and they are the worst team in the in the postseason by far.
1: Number 12, I'm interested. Number 12 for me is Zach Taylor. Uh, he has one of the, I, I mean, he's the number five team, in my opinion, going in. And this is just, he's he's young. He's inexperienced. He just, the, the whole haven't been there before thing, I think, hurts him a little bit.
0: I could definitely see that being a thing. Um, I do have him close. I do have him close. I think he is the benefactor of some things. I have Cliff Kingsbury at number
1: 12.
0: We have, I mean, this, like I said, the first three quarters were season. Mostly the first half was pretty good to him. They won some games with uh, Colt McCoy, Chris Streveler under center. They won some games then, but he has not shown a good ability to adapt when, when the pressure's really on, when you lose your top wide out, when you lose, you know, certain, you know, just, just certain facets. When Kyler Murray is not able to beat Kyler Murray as as he's intended to do, this team could not find its rhythm. They lost to a lot of bad teams. As per usual, that has been one of the biggest, most defining things of the Cliff Kingsbury era in Arizona is losing to teams you're supposed to beat, and you should beat. It's cost them playoff runs the last two years, you know, the, the previous two years. Uh, so, right? it was Yeah. When do you take over? 18? No, no. Nineteen. I think he took I think, over in nineteen. He was nineteen, yeah. I think he took over yeah, nineteen was,
1: twenty. He took over in nineteen and because that was Murray's first year. That's right. That's right. But last year, twenty you know, to
0: twenty twenty, Bills were the last game that they won. And they yeah. fell to a lot of teams that they shouldn't have. So uh Kingsbury at twelve for me.
1: Uh Kingsbury's at eleven for me. A lot of those reasons you said. Um he doesn't have the um, the acumen of having been there. And and I know I say that a lot, but when it comes to coaching playoffs can be above you, you know, playoff the the, the, the position of being in the playoffs can be above where you're at as a coach. I mean, we saw it with Staley in the last game of the regular season. That moment was beyond him. And I think, I think this, like the team as a whole might be a little beyond Kingsbury. We're talking about a dude who at the beginning of the year, I think at our quarter and midway points, we talked about him being coach of the year. Yep. He's not even on the radar anymore. No, it, it's not like a small fault, like two, a couple guys have jumped him or, I mean, this dude, not even close, not even in the conversation. Uh, there may not even be odds on him to make coach of the year. If you were to check. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, last year, the Hale Murray was their super bowl and they didn't win another game. You know, they started the season 10 and zero and limped to the end. Uh, Like you got to play a full season, man. You got to play a full season. And guess what? You played well enough to start. You're in the postseason. You better hope you can recapture that week one magic you had, because if you don't, you are. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt.
0: Um, 11. This is where I have Taylor inexperienced. uh, Benefactor of a really good general manager drafting, putting this team together. Um, Zach Taylor, I thought, was in way over his head. I had no idea who he was when the Bengals signed him as their coach. I knew that they wanted to go in a younger direction. But, uh, you know, the previous two seasons have not been kind to of Cincinnati. And uh, they have the pieces now to make a, a, a Super Bowl run. I, I I think him, like several other guys uh, on this on this list, they're just guys, right guys at the right time. And, uh, you know, not to say that Taylor's a bad coach by any means, but um, the eye tests, that's that's what I'm getting at. Nobody expected Jamar Chase to pan out the way that he did. No, you know, taking him over a, an offensive lineman who every every armchair general manager thought they should have taken. Um, that's a GM move.
1: Proved us right wrong. there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who do you got a number 10? Uh, number ten for me is Mike McCarthy. I know he has a Super Bowl under his belt with the Packers back in eleven, but I, I'm not sold on him, man. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I just there's just a lot happening around that team, and that have had that's I I don't know. I I'm just not, I guess I'm not sold on the Cowboys as a whole, which means anyone they hire as a coach, I'm not sold on either.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I have. Mike McCarthy here, no doubt. I was sh- utterly shocked when Jerry Jones was like, yeah, he's going to be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Landry. Jimmy Johnson.
1: <laughs> Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh I I just I don't I don't know I just don't get it. This dude has worse clock
0: management than the Avengers did when trying to trying to get the they, trying to stop Thanos from getting all the damn Infinity Stones. All right, he, he's terrible. He's te- they,
1: you know what I mean. It, it's he, it's he comes he he comes across like the Peter Quill thing, like that's him. Like he's Peter Quill in this situation. Just punch. We have him beat. Just punching the dude in the face for no reason, pissing him off and bringing him back to the, to consciousness and getting your ass whooped. Uh, that's what this is to me. Like, I'm sorry, I have coaching experience. I have over a decade of coaching experience. Never in a million years would I condone stuff like bringing our own benches. I don't care how bad the other team's benches are. I don't. Putting my team in a spot where I'm putting my benches on your sideline with my name on it, I don't, again, that that just sounds like a go, go F yourself. That all sounds right. like you're poking the bear and punching Thanos in the face. Right,
0: come on. Let's let's not. That's not a Jerry Jones decision or that, that is a Jerry Jones decision. We all know that. That yeah, was I McCart- Jerry.
1: I would tell Jerry to suck it. Like, no, we're not doing
0: this. So do we tie them? Is it like a split thing? Like McCarthy Jones?
1: Yeah, that like absolutely. Puppet. All right. <laughs> uh, who do we got at number nine? Kyle Shanahan for me. Um, yeah, he's I think he's done well with. Uh, with the old Niners out there and. He's got some experience in this realm and stuff, and it's just, can he... I, I just don't know if he can finish it. I mean, they're, I, to me, they're That's under the this year. Yeah. But at the end of the season, they started to get a little hot, started to figure something out, some things out. I just don't know if he can finish.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm I'm close with Shanahan here. I actually have Bruce Arians here. Ooh. Which is a little bit... Uh, a heat. He's another one, like... Who I think has been the benefactor of some really really good teams, great coordinator. We'll never take that away from him. But um, you know what I mean. He he had Arizona for a couple of years. He had a great roster in Arizona, and um, and yeah, it, it, you know it just fizzled out. He inherited a good team. Lured him and the the organization lured a really a legendary quarterback who brought his friends with him. And that's what Tampa Bay's been. I, I feel like Tom Brady's actually the real coach of this team. And Bruce Arians just, eh, I have to be here. That's how it feels sometimes. It's it's very it's it's a it's one of the weirdest relationships
1: I've I think I've ever seen with a head coach and, and quarterback. Well, I mean they're basically the same age, aren't they? Just about. I mean they could be like drinking buddies. You know, <laughs> if Arians looked like he knew what an avocado was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was good. That was actually pretty good. I'm not one to talk. I'm 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 in the big boy club too. So, although I do know what an avocado is, guac is life. <laughs> Number eight for me is Sean McVay. Um, you know, McVay. He's he's been there, man. He in his young career, he he he's made some deep runs. He's he's been around the playoffs. He's been around talented rosters. But he's never quite gotten there. He, and, you know, we, we, always, we all knew what the issue was with him and Jared Goff near the end there, that he, you know, got, his system was, it seemed like it was confusing for Goff to run without him in his headset. So if you found a way for them not to have the play in and coverage called by the time the headset shut off, he, he was in trouble. And that to me is a knock on McVay. I think he he's benefiting from the upgrade in my opinion still of Matt Stafford, but I just don't know if he's got enough handle on that team to get where they probably should be. Cause I, I mean, again, this is a team in my opinion, that's also underachieving right now.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see McVay be in there. He's very, very close on that list as well. Um, for me, I'll be talking about him in a moment. This is where I have Shanahan at number eight. Uh, all the reasons you said again, dis disappoint, you know, disappointment after disappointment, but man, this is, this is an ex- a nice example of how good he can be when he has his guys. That that's the important thing when he has his guys that he wants, how good this team could be. So I'm going to put Shanahan there. Another great offense you know, great coordinator. Um, I undecided about his head coaching though.
1: Yeah. I, I don't disagree there. Uh, number seven is Matt LaFleur in my book. Ooh. Uh, and, and a lot of this is just because of his, his youth, you know, his, his, like he's one of the younger guys on this list. Um, if not the youngest, and I mean, two and two overall in the post season, uh, he's gotta, he's gotta make it a little further in the postseason. He's gotta at least get past the NFC championship. When you start talking about some of the guys I have above him, um, you know, that's really aside from uh, like the next two that he's behind, uh, there's a reason for it, in my opinion, which I will we'll get to when we get there. But, uh, LaFleur has to just, he's got to get over the hump to be in the conversation with the guys ahead of him. Who, the, again, the next two haven't gotten over that hump, but I have a reason that where that they are where they are.
0: Okay. I'm interested to hear it. Uh, seven this is where, like I said, this is where I have McFay. I think he's just on the outside of, of the, you know, the, 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 the great coaches that are in this playoff thing uh been there consistent winner I think he's been to the playoffs every single year he might have missed one year um as head coach might have missed one year but uh you know the young guru he, he just he just doesn't have that that aura around him anymore yeah it, like it's you know what I mean like he doesn't ha- doesn't have that 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 aura that this guy can go and lead and coach his men into winning a Super Bowl he doesn't have it anymore So, um, yeah, and he just seems less imaginative, just less imaginative. I Yeah, I I could be shooting myself in the foot with some of the ones I list ahead of him. But uh, but yeah, McVay's great. He's going to be in L.A. for a long time. But um, yeah, I got him at seven here.
1: Uh, Mike Vrabel at number six for me. He has shown glimpses in his career of being Belichick smart. You know, obviously being a Belichick guy. And not, not never coaching with him, but playing for him and kind of seeing the, you know, that experience on the field of what worked, what didn't work, what he felt good about, what he didn't feel good about. And he's gotten this Titans team who for, a, I mean, there was a chunk of the season. They didn't have their best running back or their top two receivers, and they still found a way to win football games. Right. That to me right now earns you a spot higher than everyone so far.
0: I can definitely see that I got variable a little bit higher, but I could definitely see that he is in the upper echelon, in my opinion. Uh, number six, I have Tomlin. I have Mike Tomlin. I have endless respect for Mike Tomlin. Uh, but Tomlin's nearing that Andy Reid Philadelphia phase where he's been there. He's been there frequently. He's good. He wins a lot in the regular season. But uh, it's been a decade. Since his last Super Bowl appearance, if I'm not mistaken, 2010, 11, I think was his I last one. So, yeah, when they fell to the Packers. All right, how many superstars that they've had? Le'Veon Bell's, Antonio Brown's, uh, James Harrison. so many greats. Uh, Tomlin, you know, it coached his guys up this year to get him this point. Uh, a team who had no business being in the postseason, he got them there because he, him, and Big Ben led and led and led and got these men ready. But uh, out of this entire group, yeah, I'm comfortable with Tom at six.
1: I have uh, McDermott at five. Same. I I really like McDermott. I like the message. I like, I mean, this this is a dude who came in, gutted a team, and took them to the playoffs in year one. Like a a year that we weren't supposed to do anything, we broke the drought. And then everyone kind of knocked him the next year when, it's hard to take it like when you you make the playoffs when you're not supposed to. And then the next year, you don't make the playoffs when you're still not supposed to. A lot of people knocked him. But I mean, this team has been on a tear under him. Um, I, I love everything he does with the locker room. I love the culture talk. I love that it's, you know, in the entire season, it's getting ready to be playoff caliber. When the, when they make the playoffs, the, all the signage changes to championship caliber. And if they get to a point where they win the AFC championship, it's those signs are going to change for two weeks. That says Super Bowl caliber. And it's just a message of continuity, a message of team, and he, uh, just just looking at the Bills as a whole, these guys love playing together and they love playing for him. And I think I, I think culture speaks a lot to a team, and McDermott has got these guys playing well on both sides of the football, which is something Buffalo hasn't had probably since their Super Bowl era.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt it, it's it's. It's crazy to think all those head coaches in between um, and be, oh, Marv Levy and him, right? Yeah. Some guys with potential, maybe, but oh, just some head coaches, that team. And I mean, McDermott's been here the, for four years. He, I think he's the longest tenured coach and the first one to get an extension since Marv Levy.
1: Yeah. Well, because you think like Dick Duran and Rex Ryan and friggin'. the uh, was, was it Mike it? Malarkey, a head coach? Mike, Mike Malarkey was here. Uh, who's the jackass that went down to Jacksonville? Oh, uh, Marone. Yeah, Doug uh, St. Doug. Uh, I mean, like, there was just so many guys, and like Marone had the team on the cusp and then left and went to Jacksonville and whatever. Right. Like, had a, like, had, a, had one weird playoff run, I think, or maybe, like it was one of his last years there when Blake Bortles looked like a quarterback for five minutes. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, McDermott has just turned this franchise around, and he did it in not a whole lot of time. I mean, this is the definition of a successful rebuild. You gutted the team year one, got the dudes you wanted, people questioned every move you made. Oh, are we Carolina North? What the hell are we doing? No, we're getting his dudes that he knows and then finding dudes that he wants from there. Right. And it worked. No doubt. No doubt. Who do you got at number four? This is where I have Tomlin. Um I mean he's got how many how many coaches on this list can you say co- have coached 16 playoff games? I I you know I understand that he's he is I and I agree with you he is nearing that Andy Reed um in you know in Philadelphia overstate his welcome thing maybe yeah. I, I think he's getting close but I don't think he's quite there yet and you cannot you can't discount the been there seen it done it and has experience in the field in in the NFL postseason. No, you most you most certainly can't.
0: I like that you have my number four. I think it's fair. Uh my number four, I have LaFleur. I have Matt LaFleur. Some of the reasons you said earlier, you know, it he he came in, he's he's been amazing, right? Uh this is now three straight seasons with with well, double digit wins at least. Yeah. Uh being a top team in the NFC, it speaks a lot to the team that he inherited. All right. They have made some changes personnel wise and stuff. They're growing. But uh, LaFleur, like like a Taylor, like a Arians, has inherited a really good team and has done some really good things with it consistently over the last several years. So I like LaFleur at number four.
1: Uh, number three for me is this is where I have Arians solely based on the fact that, I mean, you when you mix in all of the, you know, the 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 Gronk and the party nation that he brings with him and you know bringing in Antonio Brown and keeping him somewhat under wraps for as long as he did and you know mixing him in with two established superstar receivers and I mean you have two good tight ends and you bring in Gronk on top of that and just keeping that continuity and that team together I I think he deserves it and he's the reigning defending Super Bowl champion coach so it's hard not to have him near the top okay
0: um my number three is, is Mike Vrabel. And it pains me to say it, but the man's resiliency uh is admirable. All right. His first year I think I think he's another one who hasn't been under five hundred yet. I think they went nine and seven his rookie, his first year as a head coach. Yeah, I think so. Demon in Indianapolis bailed week seventeen, winner gets into the playoffs twenty eighteen with Marcus Mariota. 2019, it makes the painful decision. I know we're basing this all on 2021. 2019 makes the painful decision to um, get rid of his franchise quarterback and start Ryan Tannehill and really use Derrick Henry. It has been lights out ever since. This year speaks volumes to the kind of coach it is. You know, I, I thought they were total collapse mode. When Henry went out and then you lost A.J. Brown, the Julio, oh, I the Julio stuff. I, I and I did not like the way that they handled their defenses here in free agency. But boy, was I wrong! I thought they got worse. They got
1: better. I thought they, I thought they did too. I, I I'm very surprised with with how they've done. So yeah, Frable number three for me. Number two for me is Andy Reid. Um, I mean, he just always finds a way to get the Chiefs there back to back Super Bowl's three year uh, Super Bowl appearances back back-to-back, to uh, back back to back to back AFC championship games hard to argue with it
0: yeah yeah it's it's simply put I think uh i I think you and I have this we we obviously have the same read and, and belichick at two and one and just because they've been there
1: they've yeah, been bad. there anybody who doesn't have belichick at the top of this list isn't a football fan right I mean I hate Bill Belichick. I think he's a just whatever you know he's ruined my childhood but <laughs> But not having happy. him at one, you're just an ignorant. You're just being ignorant at that point.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I concur. I concur. You, listen, I know that you know there's not there's supposed, things aren't supposed to happen in the NFL, but uh, nobody had the Patriots going to the, the playoffs this year. Nobody did. Um, well, I actually, I I did a little bit, but uh, but not quite like this. Not quite like this. I said they had an outside shot. Not to toot my own horn.
1: Um, no, no, I, I was the dude that said uh, going in like prior to the bills game or well prior to the bills game that they'd be lucky to win three more games this year. So swing and a miss for the big guy.
0: <laughs> all right, let's finish it up. Everybody with uh number five, we're going to rank all 14 quarterbacks and we're going to take this thing home. Uh, who do you have at number 14?
1: 14 is Hertz. He's young, he's athletic, but he just hasn't shown me enough to, to do what he does against good defenses, especially in a playoff game.
0: Ditto. Ditto. Um, seen some glimpses of goodness. He's made a lot of errant bad throws, rookie mistakes, even though he's not a rookie. Um, but he's done enough on the ground uh to be to put this team in the in the spot to win. So 14, Jalen Hart. Who do you have at number 13?
1: Number 13, Jimmy Garoppolo. He is a high-end game manager. I don't think that plays well in the playoffs. He, as of late has kind of shown a little bit more, go out and get it. But I, until I see him go out and win a football game for a team, for the team, I I'm not there yet.
0: Okay. I could definitely see that. Um, 13, I have big Ben here. I have big Ben, all the love in the world for big Ben, uh, and, and going out and again, making the post season this year, but, Uh, you know, he he just, he has not been the same. He has definitely not been, uh, the same guy. We know his physical limitations. He's good for a good deep ball once or twice a game. A lot of the other stuff is limited, uh, short range stuff. He almost overthrew Najee Harris, like five feet in front of him the other day. Uh, Najee had a sick catch and he turned it up for, I think for a first down or something like that, but big Ben,
1: uh, yeah. And number 13. So uh, you'll have to forgive me here. I'm wrong. I have Garoppolo at 11. I have Mac Jones. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I have Mac. I, I looked, I'm like, I'm just looking through my list and I'm like, wait a minute. I have, I, I, I have Garoppolo on there twice and I spelled it differently both times. Maybe <laughs> That's why I missed it. Uh, Mac Jones at 13, rookie quarterback, fewest air yards uh, per for passing attempt for qualifying quarterbacks this year he just you want to talk about the the quintessential game manager when he's got to go win you a football game he's probably not going to at least right now so then going to twelve is the even more game manager of ryan tannehill he definitely isn't going to go win you gonna go win you a game uh i mean and then eleven being Garoppolo for the same reason these three dudes. Are just they're game managers. They're not go out and get at quarterbacks. And I think going into the playoffs, I want a dude who's gonna go try to win me a football game. Okay.
0: Uh twelve, I have Mac. I have Mac Jones. Um rookie. He he has made some big time throws, but um but yeah, this kid is in a very, very elite class as far as AFC quarterbacks go. Um yeah. You know, Roethlisberger, obviously a lifetime thing. But, um, you know, but yeah, Jones and, and Jones is pretty much on the low end. And I have Jimmy G at 11. I have Jimmy G at 11. Right. As so we well. agreed there. Then, we agreed sense. there. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't Jimmy G from a couple of years ago. And even that wasn't that great.
1: Uh, this is your mom's Jimmy G. This is your dad's Jimmy, <laughs> G. The uh,
0: Jimmy G. The new Jimmy
1: G. Who do you got at number 10? Number 10 for me is uh, Derek Carr. I like Carr. I think he's got a lot of heart, a lot of guts. I just, I mean, this could be this could turn out to be a moment that's just beyond him. I think it's uh, his first you, playoff start ever. Yeah, and and when you have to fight this hard to get your first playoff start ever, I I, I mean, the only thing going for him right now is there's really no pressure because they're probably really not supposed to be here. So that's okay, my, yeah, that's my ten. It's your ten. I got Tannehill here.
0: I got Tannehill here. And the reason why I have Tannehill here is because uh, he's done just enough and which isn't really good enough reason. Uh, if, you know, Derrick Henry is slated to come back and everything's going to be good to go. That's when Tannehill tends to turn it up. And that's not necessarily a guy. I can't put him any higher than 10. But if, like I said, if all things are good with Derrick Henry, Tannehill can, can throw it around a little bit. He sure can. It, it helps out with the passing game. So, yeah, him at 10. What do we got
1: for number nine? Number nine is where I got Roethlisberger solely based on his experience and his, you know, his, his resume in the postseason. He's the type of dude who, again, probably shouldn't be there. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's not, you know, two or three cortisone shots and four or five lines on the, on the, on the snow train to, <laughs> to get hyped up for a game and just try to do what he can do one last time. You know, he's, who's in be porn? the biggest bender of who's in porn? superpower? Life. Yeah, his Popeye spinach. Yeah, whatever he's got to do to get there. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past him in, in his last year just to, you know, eat his spinach, take his vitamins, a couple of cortisone shots and a little, little uh, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Number nine is where I have Kyler Murray. All right. This may be surprising to a lot of people. Kyler Murray is the uh, he to me is very much just like the Arizona Cardinals hot early on fizzles out at the end. His style of play is reckless. It's dangerous. It's exciting. Um, But his body is just shown not to be able to handle it. And we've talked about it. When, when those injuries start to pile up, Kyler Murray is not the same quarterback. Um very Depending funny. on how you look at this, this number nine spot could be generous, or it could be very, very, um, very, very low when it comes to judging him. But, yeah, I mixed feelings about Murray. He can sling it, um, but when you start to take away that mobility from him, that mobility factor, he becomes very, very predictable, and uh, it, it's hard to win games that way. And, yeah, I mean, I watched him against the Colts a couple of weeks ago on Christmas, and it was just,
1: eh. Yeah, so. uh, I I don't think it's a big surprise there. At least for me, I have him at number eight. Uh, you know, I have because of his athletic abilities and just his his style of play where he is going to go try to go out and win you a football game and do anything he can. It's why he's as high as he is for me and why he's ahead of like Roethlisberger and Carr because I think he's Carr has a lot of similar, like go out and get it in him, but I don't like he did. He's just not as athletic as Murray, which is why is why Murray's high uh, as high as he is for me.
0: Okay. Eight is where I have Derek Carr. I, I've been a long been a, a believer in Derek Carr. Uh, As far as his ability to play and play good. I think he was top five in passing yards this year. It might've been two or three, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You know, and really, I know he's had Darren Waller, you know, Darren Waller has been hot and cold, but, you know, he's got these elevated guys. Like last year, Hunter Renfro was a guy you'd see floating around. I said this a dozen times on this show this year, a guy you see floating around in your fantasy line and the fantasy football waiver wire. All right. Projected like six or seven points, maybe a game. Hunter Renfro was damn good this year. Yeah. Because he had to be. And Derek Carr elevated him. Hunter, this is like a, a this is a career year for Hunter Renfro. So I like Derek Carr. I think he's 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 got it. He's got he got faith in his guys. He's a natural born leader, uh, and has been a big part of this team getting to the playoffs. I like what Carr can do. I trust him in the postseason. But I don't like his first round matchup.
1: I agree with that. And uh moving forward, number seven for me is Stafford. He, I mean, yep, same. I, I like Stafford. He's a gunslinger. He's he's got a little bit of Brett Favre to him, in my opinion. I, I think Favre obviously did it better, was on better teams most of his career, but still. Um, and he's 0 3 in playoff appearances, but those appearances were with the Lions, so who knows? I don't know. I he just he doesn't quite break ahead of the guys ahead of him. And that's really what it comes down to. He's just, he's just on a slightly less level than everyone I have listed above him. For sure.
0: And that's why I have him at seven. Like I said, this last few weeks haven't been great. Multiple interception games have kind of put them uh, at risk of, of losing the NFC West and, and and not getting a home game. I still love Stafford. I think uh, he might be, I'm not going to say he's my favorite quarterback in this. Actually, he might, this is he kind of might be honestly. <laughs> um, from a, just, a, just a guy I want to see win standpoint, he, Stafford might be. So I, I, that's that's kind of where I have seven. I, I think he could still go. Uh, I still think he can sling it. I still think he could win games when need be, but uh, it's been a tough couple months. It, it's hard to put
1: him up higher than this. Number six, I got Burrow. Uh, young, talented as all hell. Talented as anybody else on the list, and uh, his his youth is what puts him at number six just his youth and experience, you know, he's, he just, he's got a season and a half under his belt. You know, he, I'm excited to see what he can do in the playoffs.
0: Okay. Uh Six is where I have Dak. And this is honestly that like six through. Yeah, I guess six and five are pretty interchangeable. I love Dak. His comeback season has been fun slinging around, making, making weapons out of guys out of no name guys. I like get tight end and stuff. I, you know, Prescott's good. I trust him in the postseason. He's been there. Um, <laughs> you get these guys <laughs> <laughs> just trolling Walker with the Joe judge news in the group chat. Unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I like Dak. It, it comfortable with them. He's accurate. He's efficient. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Dak, Dak Prescott Dak, at
1: six. Dak's my number five, so we can just roll through that. Sure thing. For, I, for all of those exact reasons,
0: um, Burrow's at number five for myself. Electric gear, electric weapons that make it even better. Yeah, comfy with Burrow at number five. Who do you at number four?
1: Number four, uh, Josh Allen. Same. You know, I I love him. He's he's a go getter. He is literally the do anything to win. You know fumbled snap on a QB sneak pick it up jump over the pile he's gonna run over a linebacker he's gonna he's gonna stiff arm defensive ends he doesn't give a flying fiddlers you know what he is gonna go do anything he can but that can also be his downfall hero ball Josh Allen struggles with poor decision making and it can be something especially come playoff time that puts a lot of stress on your defense despite your defense being number one in the league this year
0: it it definitely does. I wanted to put Burrow over Allen just because I'm a dickhead. And there's there's other reasons as well. But Allen won with his feet a lot. I think he had like the most or second most rushing yards on the team, made a lot of plays with his feet and by air. So Allen F four for me. Um who you got at three?
1: Number three is Rodgers. Uh, you know, he's got that almost got a little bit of a NFC championship. I don't want to call it a curse, but kind of a curse going on, which is to me, puts him behind the next two.
0: Okay. Three I have Mahomes. He's had a he's had I mean he's gotten a lot better. Um he's definitely gotten a lot better. He's he's overcoming a lot of his team's woes. But um but yeah, still a little wild to me in, in some instances. I honestly these these top three are are relatively interchangeable, in my opinion. Um yeah, so Mahomes well, at three. I, for think,
1: me. I think two, three, and four are pretty interchangeable. I don't think number one is, but that's uh, fair. Uh, Number 2 is my is where I have Mahomes. He you know been there seen it done it and he's the type of dude that he's he's with his abilities he's never out of it.
0: For sure Rodgers at 2 for me. Rodgers at 2 for me. Uh dude's just good and he makes it look so easy sometimes. He really does. Great elevator of talent. And number 1, Mr. Thomas Brady.
1: Hard hard to argue with. Love him or hate him. You know, I said it earlier in the show. He is that dude that if he has the football with time on the clock, you're probably going to lose.
0: Yeah. Yep. 45 years old, passing yards leader, touchdown leader. Um, Jesus. (laughs) Probably going to be the MVP. Um, Probably going to be league MVP. But there it is, everybody. That is it. We got through it. Jazzy knows this is a long one today, buddy, but I thank you for sticking with me. It's a great time chatting with you. I'm glad to see we're like minded in a lot of instances.
1: Agreed. There's a couple, so, only only one or two like big big differences. Most of it was like a spot at most. Yeah, not too bad. But that is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in.
0: Uh, yeah, go playoffs this weekend. On behalf of Jaws and I, till next time. The two point conversation is good. Pick
1: off.